Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. I'm Sarah and I'm hanging out with my favorite partner in play, Matthew. I like that. I say play because we have a lot of fun in life, but we also refer to our working out, I'm using air quotes, as play. That's how we talk about it. That's how we relate to it. And um, we play together a lot and we actually uh, did a workout together yesterday and Maya was hanging out there in the gym with us, and we had her in this cute little seat, and she's there like, wow, 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 as we're working out. There's actually a video <laughs> of it up on my Instagram. If you want to check that out, it's really cute. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm chilling. Awesome. How are you? I'm fabulous. Cool. Baby's sleeping, and we're um, hanging out. I'm excited for today's topic. Yes, we are. So today's topic, if you have not seen the title, we're going to talk a lot about six. Today is the sex episode. Sex episode. Part part two, because we already did one. Yes. So if you haven't listened, we have an episode on um, pregnant sex. Um, what ep- I think it's number six. It's episode six. You sure? And yeah. Um, so because I remember thinking like six sex. Haha. <laughs> so check that out uh, if you haven't listened to that. And now that we're on the other side, we thought we'd do a postpartum sex episode. Um, so already, if you haven't gathered, there's going to be a lot of adult content and adult conversation throughout this episode. So if you do have little ears around and you are not comfortable with them hearing that, absolutely pause this and listen to it later when you're by yourself or with your, your partner or whatever, because um, I don't want any emails from no. upset parents saying, my two-year-old heard you talk about <laughs> butt sex and whatever. So We can talk about butt sex? <laughs> well, if we choose to, we can. <laughs> no holds bar, right? So if you haven't paused it by now, you definitely want to. (laughs) All right. Awesome. We're off to a great mature start. Yes. Um, (laughs) Well, to continue the maturity, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about before we dive in, before we go in. And that's um, we were doing a recording. We're doing an interview, not just recording. We're interviewing someone. And I will not say who. I'll not say what episode because I don't want people going trying to find it. But Matthew, you... Like, you let out this totally loud, muffled fart, <laughs> and I could not stop laughing. I had to, like, take my mic off. I had to... You got the church giggles. I had the, yes, the church giggles, which, <laughs> like, when you look back at them, they're so fun, but when you're in the moment, you're like, I'm going to die right now. I can't keep laughing, or there will be serious repercussions. Like, there will be serious consequences if I keep laughing like this. But I just could not get myself together for a few minutes. Yeah, we had to, we had to mute ourselves. Oh my god! So thankfully, it wasn't in a particularly I don't know emotional right. part of it the was, interview. It was, yeah, it was it very was, mild. Yeah. that would not have been cool. But um, yeah, so that just adds another element to our our play. Like I said earlier, just <laughs> laughing and <laughs> sorry to call you out, but I just had to. Was, oh no, it's it's okay. It was way too funny. You're the one who laughed. Oh god. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, and then totally another off-topic thing, but I I felt called to mention before we go into this episode is 
as you know, I've been watching a lot of Gilmore Girls recently. Oh, I know. I don't know. How, I think my mom got me into it because she was watching like the reboot of it and she was all into it. And I had never seen a single episode. So now here I am like four, four or five seasons in. It's just been a couple weeks. I've been watching a, during nursing and nap binging. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And in the episode I watched the other day, they actually talk about home birth brief- briefly. And I thought that was really interesting. So Melissa McCarthy's character in the show is pregnant. And she tells um, Lorelai, the main, the main chick, the main girl of the, of the show, that she's having a home birth. And you just see the like shock and kind of almost disgust on her face. Like she's so shocked and she's just like, oh like that's great but then afterwards when she's hanging out with her daughter she's like I was horrified and this and that and there's a midwife you know who who gets introduced that's going to be working with them and she's super scary and big and brooding and like oh man and she is um like very very demanding and she's like you know you can't come into this space unless you unless you are fully supportive of the home birth and blah 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 and like she's just she's very scary and I remember thinking like damn Gilmore Girls come on like yeah way to paint a picture granted this was like 15 years ago you know the show's been long over for a while but um yeah I was a little bit like oh come on cool we got to get them on the show then let's talk about that with yeah yes definitely (laughs) got a bone to pick with you producers that's pretty interesting though yeah and it just uh, the it, it just it paints it the way you would typically see it and other things and yeah. it's like it's very off the beaten path and like not very safe and they kind of allude to it being gross and icky like they have to get buckets and like like tons and tons of towels and you know just kind of like a ooh like energy around yeah. it and I remember being like not cool so anyway that's my my two second rant before before we get into some some juicy fun stuff so do you, I'm kicking it off cool yeah, yeah all right, you go. Sweet. You all go. right, cool, cool, cool. So, sex after baby. I had no idea really what to expect. Um, I do know that I had a lot of things in my mind right after Maya was born about what it would be like and and time frame. For instance, um, I asked a lot of women before I had Maya and definitely after how long it was until they started having sex again with, with their husbands or with their partners. And I remember like cataloging in my brain and thinking like, okay, this woman did this, this woman did this and like automatically comparing and judging. What was the shortest and longest time frame that you heard? Shortest I had heard was within the month. So like four weeks basically. And then longest, I know, I know there's women who have gone way longer, but that I spoke to six months Ish. Yeah. yeah, and I remember thinking in both scenarios, thinking like, damn. So in a month, I was like, oh my god, like who could be ready for that? And then six months, I was like, damn, that's a long time. So, and then I was like, where am I gonna fall in the in the midst of that? Yeah, and definitely had some had some fears and reservations after um, tearing. So I, you know, tore during delivering Maya and. Um, that that added just a new like element of in my mind complication that like oh well it's definitely gonna have to be longer now if I hadn't have torn maybe it would have been in the cards within the first month or so but now that I've torn like absolutely like six week minimum and that would yeah. be even like it to if you're lucky I mean yeah that just adds a whole a whole nother level of uh, I guess psychological fear. Right, something it. that already needs more of it, sex, right? Yeah. Sex in our culture, sex for... Well, not even that, just just the fact that you had a baby, mm-hmm. right? So physically, you're thinking of what has changed, what's right. going on down there. Which and is then, everything. Yeah, and then now you've, you've also torn, mm-hmm. so now you're thinking of that specific area of you, and, and you're kind of honing in on what that skin feels like, especially with you, because you're, you, you had your tear, and then there was a piece of skin that kind of got enlarged and and was even was super raw. So you went back to the doctor and he what did he do? He like numbed it up and froze it off and did all this stuff. So you had a couple of extra layers of things going on. And yeah. then now that's all wrapped in this idea of returning to sex. And so now you've got this whole nice little uh, cocktail of thoughts stirring around in your mind as we're as we are, you know, getting into some very intimate and loving 
you know, the intimate and loving act, having all those fears. And sure. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, experienced it, so. Yeah, I, I had a lot of patience to do around my healing process. I, I guess I just kind of had it in my mind that things would bounce back, like, lickety split super quick and i would be back to doing everything normal including sex including making love i mean and it's like everybody wants that yeah you know? yeah so then like the the complication with the the site the, the sutures you know like you just mentioned the extra skin that prolonged things and then having that removed prolonged things and it was just like yeah like when is this gonna like when am i gonna be able to sit and feel normal when can i like cross my legs or stretch and, and not feel wear normal? not have the pad down there right you're bleeding, bleeding or leaking forever. or whatever yeah, yeah all of that so which doesn't add to feeling sexy very true so which not, makes you not want to engage at all I mean, yeah like everything i think i've said this before like everything was wet like all the time everything <laughs> leaked and everything wet in not a hot way so like yeah the the bleeding or just the whatever was healing down there but then also my boobs were getting used to their new job yeah. of nursing and so at any given point i was always like leaking milk and yeah it doesn't put you in the most sexy feeling space you know to think about like being naked rolling around things just like sloshing all over the place. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'll speak for me. Like those things didn't never bothered me, and I don't really think there have been any um, bodily things from you that have bothered me, mm-hmm. turned me off. Well, except for before we we hit record and we were talking about we should have sex before we do this episode, and then you farted. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> You call me out on a fart. Someone call you out on a fart. <laughs> so uh, that that was right there. I'm like, yeah, we may not do that before this episode. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't feeling very, <laughs> yeah. Too bad we don't have a camera on you right now. <laughs> Turning all sorts of red. <laughs> we couldn't have sex this morning anyway. I'm way too sore from the other night. My hips are super sore. We can get into that if you want, but yeah. yeah. We'll get into it later. Okay. But uh, back going back to what I was saying. That there's really yeah. nothing that would have shut down my my attraction towards right. you. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. I, I think I could be incorrect here, but I think that's the case with most dudes. Yeah. You know, a lot of these these perceived insecurities we have as women, you know, it's like they're all cooked up in our mind or they're all like from other women that we get those, those thoughts. It's not even necessarily the men feeling that way. Um, makes me think of um, Eat, Pray, Love. There's a, there's a scene in that movie where Julie Roberts is talking to her friend and she's like, when you've been with a man and you've undressed, like, has he ever left? Has he ever asked you to leave? Yeah, seriously. And she's like, no. And she's like, exactly. Like, they don't care. <laughs> That's kind of like the, the gist of that. So not that like they don't care, but I really think these these things that we're nervous about or, or freak out about, like they might not even, he might not even notice. So that's just, you know, it creates the space for to have those conversations with your partner and to, to dispel some of those beliefs. Like, this is what I'm afraid of. Really? I didn't even notice that. Like, that it, could be the result. Yeah, I mean, it goes both ways. Because mm-hmm. there's been things that I've I've been anxious about that you probably don't care, don't mm-hmm. give a shit about, don't notice. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. goes, I think that's just part of being human and being vulnerable and exposing yourself mm-hmm. in, a, in a very intimate, intimate way. Mm-hmm. So in those first couple of weeks where I'm healing, we're obviously not having sexual intercourse. We are connecting, though, in other ways. You know, we we would um, kind of, 
like like scoot off when Maya was taking a nap or something like that and you know we'd have like a makeout session or you know my position especially in those first couple weeks I had to be in like a very specific kind of laying down position to not be uncomfortable um but yeah a lot of makeouts um I was definitely giving you a lot of fellatio head in the first few weeks yeah was it I feel like in the first few okay, weeks. Okay, well, like first two to maybe three, that was just strict survival. Mode. Yeah, no. So, okay, nothing happened there. We just, like, we were zombies. But yeah. probably after the first month, when yeah, you say? Yeah, yeah, because okay, okay. week, like, one to four, you were just, we were just in baby mode. Yeah, And there was yeah, people yeah. over here. Yeah, we had I a water even, house. I didn't even, my, my drive was in neutral. We talked you know? about that. Yeah, I think that's, like, nature's literal like a survival mechanism yeah because i mean if i was worried on top of everything else that was going on about like whether or not we were having sex or or doing that like i don't think a human brain or body can can handle all of that i mean we were really just getting used to this new normal like the sleep the feedings and like all of that um and i didn't even feel like i was lacking in that area necessarily like i didn't feel like oh like we're not connecting sexually me neither it was just like kind of nose to the grindstone and like do what you got to do and then once we started to kind of like come up for air from that is was when we started reconnecting. So I'm glad you, you mentioned that. Yeah, and I also want to mention kind of um, our frequency before having Maya because okay. I mean you and I would connect two, three, four times a week mm-hmm. in some way. Yes. Whether it's lovemaking or a little oral play or whatever the hell it was, we would do that anywhere from two to four times a week, mm-hmm. I'd say. And so when when Maya did come and for that first month it was nothing. Right. And and so to go from that down to nothing, you would think that it would be a huge blow right. to you know, to us. But um those first four weeks we were just in holy shit, we have a baby. Yeah. Like we weren't even thinking about about yeah about anything else. And then once we kinda settled down and started to get back into some of the other things that, that we were doing in our lives before having Maya that's when our, you know, the sex started to, to pick up or the, the, um, the physical, you know, desire started to pick up. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the, the heavy makeouts and the fellatio and mm-hmm. all of that beautiful stuff mm-hmm. started happening. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. I think it, it kind of like reconnected us in a, in a yeah. new fun way. And like I said, we would be like running off into the other room when it was nap time. And oddly enough, those first couple of times, I remember Maya would wake up like, instantly instantly and there was no reason to like i don't feel like any other way or we weren't loud we weren't even in the same part of the house and i remember like joking with you like does she know like does she, she not want us to it. make another baby is she like no there will be no sex in this house while i'm around <laughs> well let's okay so those first few times we we um okay let me let me let me think real quick when did p go into v for the first time after maya how many weeks mm-hmm. I want to say like eight. Okay. So two months later. At least. Okay. And the very first time, mm-hmm. is that something you want to get into now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's fine. So the very, like what we're talking about with this sneaking off and, and, and all that, like that was more of makeouts. That yeah. was more of, you know, touching each other and mm-hmm. going down on one another. That wasn't necessarily sex yet mm-hmm. because it wasn't until month two that we first tried Mm -hmm. and and just before that is when you started going down on me because you know of all the healing and stuff down there like it just skin wasn't comfortable nothing but if if you stayed in the right region (laughs) things went well (laughs) you know like if you stayed north (laughs) which worked out you know i i I imagine that if the same thing happened in baby number two that we would probably begin that earlier Probably because you know you and I are very big on on the healing aspect of sex and, and intimacy. Yes, and there was a lot of um, uh, you know I guess we mentioned earlier a little like fears around what things would feel like physically. Oh yeah. Thanks to just having a first baby, the tear, the 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 second repair after the tear. So a lot of that went into I believe us kind of waiting a little bit longer than normal because. Again, if it happened, if that happened with baby number two, all in the same exact way, I imagine I would be going down there earlier so that we can work on just feeling what it's like to be, you know, loved on down there and sure. just to kind of get that energy moving because we believe that that energy helps to heal. Yeah, I mean, sexual energy is life energy. I mean, we yeah. could have a whole other show about that, let alone like an episode on, you know, the 
goes back thousands of years to like you know you could look at like ancient um chinese stuff um <laughs> shoot i lost my train of thought like um what like the dao and things yeah. like that like dao of like health sex and longevity um it's it's sexual energy and it's it's the energy that brought baby to life and so it's just it kind of um makes me a little sad when i hear people not wanting to re-engage in that for like a really long time after it's like that's what brings the babies and it's, it's more than just the babies like sex goes way beyond procreation you know duty or pleasure it really is a, a healing thing and we've just put our own judgments on it and in society and culture and and created you know shame and whatnot around it so yeah, anyway well yeah said. I, I agree with you on the the baby number two and yeah so okay two months in uh two months after my uh was born yes. uh was the first time that we connected um sexually mm-hmm. we made love and the very first time that we did it was honestly it was it was just to kind of dip our toe in the water yeah well, yeah metaphorically toe, it was um it dip was the dick just, in the water <laughs> just just the tip as we like to say yeah i mean i think i i i inserted incredibly slow yeah and just was very slow we had a lot of coconut oil too yes we had uh way more than we needed but it was yeah it was it was uh it was great to have and um, went in very, very slow. And I went in about halfway and stopped. You are a, a gifted man. So <laughs> quarter would have been enough <laughs> at the time. But, uh, I'm very blessed. I, I know that. But in those moments, I was not feeling that way. <laughs> like, why couldn't you just be a little smaller? Really? Just use my pinky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first time. And... and you know, it wasn't. There was no thrusting. There was no. Yeah, we had no. We had no expectations in mind at all. I mean, I, that was my my intention uh-huh. was to do that. Right. I one thousand percent intended to to take it very slow mm-hmm. and to just get you reacquainted with the feeling. So that that was the first time. Mm-hmm. So two months in, uh, I I inserted about halfway, held it. You breathed, breathe. You just kind of breathe and le- worked on letting your body relax, and then I pulled out, mm-hmm. and that was it. Mm-hmm. We, we went back to kissing and whatever else we were doing. Right. Um, and then I, I would say within a week we did it again, mm-hmm. um, or maybe a week later, but shortly thereafter we did it again. And I don't know if it was a second or a third time that I that I fully inserted. I want to say it was like the third or the thir- fourth. Okay, third or fourth. So yeah, it was. There were definitely a few just like. Swivel around, sit in Just it, sit breathe. There. Yeah, yeah, there were a few of those. So, so we, I would say for what? Let's just say week eight is when we first, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the first time our uh, penis reacquainted with the vagina, mm-hmm. and then by let's say week, I don't know, twelve, we yeah. had we had engaged four more times and continued to just be patient and explore and and sit with the feeling and again for me it was very intentional on on it being healing and and this wasn't about me getting off this wasn't about you getting off this wasn't about anything like that it was it was a hundred percent about us just reconnecting and uh, reacquainting ourselves with your new body Mm -hmm. and so for you know like I said week eight to week 12 so for another month we probably just were being very patient and just loving and slow and intentional and deliberate and then I, th- I i think that it was just doing that kind of putting in those reps helped you to physically relax and open up and and emotionally just sort of trust and be like okay this doesn't hurt right this doesn't you know i can do this like my body okay i remember what this is like it took that time though it it took those yeah. practices it took those reps because first time what ugh, did it feel like i was frustrated it hurt it hurt i mean like Where? so yeah so to describe the pain like deep super deep muscular pain is like the best way i can think to describe like it like muscle in, soreness yeah like muscle like inside the vagina like up inside me like it wasn't i didn't even feel so much pain like around the entrance and around like the skin on the on the outside it was like once you entered ooh, oh man that's why like that breathing came in it was like using the breathing from birth is what it was like and would you liken it to 
um, let's say you had a really, really heavy workout mm-hmm. and then your muscles are sore as yeah. shit. And the next day you go and get a massage and they're like pushing on those sore muscles. Like what? Yeah, I mean, massages I'm, feel better than. Well, <laughs> than I'm that trying. Dude. I'm trying to paint a picture yeah, for somebody who. Yeah, hasn't, so imagine. Or like for me, because I I don't know what that feels the like. The most intense like leg workout of your life, and then the next day you're like you know trying to get out of bed and you feel that pain. That, but localized up inside you. Got it. Okay. That yeah, uh, and it just I just saw you know on the disempowering side of it, I saw the long road ahead in my mind. What I was creating as a long road ahead of recovery. What did you think the how long do you think it was gonna take? Months. Before was, that we were yeah. having like normal sex yeah, again? Months. And you know, normal sex is one thing, orgasm is another. I mean, who oh, knows yeah. when that would happen again? Who knows when I'll be able to move into any other position than lying, you know, lying down in missionary and like not moving a lot. Um When was your first orgasm? Because your first orgasm was before we started this process of you know first orgasm from intercourse was the oh, first it, time you went all the way in and we sat there intercourse intercourse yeah first, i was thinking first i was thinking first orgasm period after maya um like, what was that like when did that happen and what was that like that happened we were lying in bed and we were we were kissing and like heavy petting and you were just like massaging me and kind of stimulating me with your hands that was that was my first one. And what did that feel like? It was great. It was amazing. It was like did it hurt at all? No, did no, because you didn't go. Nothing inserted. Yeah. Nothing was internal. It was all like clitoral stimulation. And that was probably if you could guess what week after Maya. That was one of like the earliest earliest okay. interactions. So probably probably like six seven weeks. Maybe. Cool. So, ladies listening. If you're, <laughs> if you're, you know, seriously, like if, if you've just had a baby and you're wondering when the hell am I going to have an orgasm mm-hmm. again? Whenever you want. That's yeah, whenever you answer. want. I mean, who knows if, if I, you know, like you said, baby number two, it could, it's going to be a whole different experience. Yeah. Um, and just, just from the, the, the trust and the um, understanding of the process better. Mm. And dads and partners, you know, give. Yeah. You know, really put yourself in a giving mode and and yes, you can receive as well, but your 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 job is to give because there's healing that happens. You know, when you had that first orgasm, it's sort of like, Oh my gosh, I can do that again. Yeah, it was like I'm back. Yeah, and that I <laughs> She's mean alive. And that's incredibly healing. You're oh, you're yeah. healing you're healing fears and apprehensions and uh, physically, there's things going on like your body's reawakening, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 like that, that energy, those those waves of orgasm. I mean, they touch from your toes to your head. Yeah. So, partners, fellas, give, moms, be open to receiving. Yeah, open. You know, like birth is this opening process, right? Yeah. And so it's just it's just kind of carrying that energy with you into other experiences, like being open and willing to receive, and um, whether it's help with things. And also sexual, you know, intimacy and healing, like being like fully open to receive because, I mean, like what you said, give. Like I think husbands want to give, especially in those first couple of months, like yeah. you're figuring out your role and where you can help. It's, you know, especially if mom's nursing, it's like, okay, well, what can I do? You can love on mom. You know, like you can love on your wife. You can love on your partner. And that all that creates this kind of this loop back through the whole the whole family of just this this loving energy because I honestly I had some judgments around you know being sexually expressive and intimate and then also like being a mom you know there's this idea Mm. that you can't be both or like that it's it's dirty or weird or whatever but now I've found I love and feel empowered by you know wrapping up with you in the other room after we've just had sex or even just like connected intimately and I've been like naked and fully expressed and then you know Maya wakes up and I run into the other room grab her and nurse her like I love that I feel like it empowers me I feel like it fuels me up I feel like it makes me a more compassionate and loving to her so I love bringing those two worlds together now whereas in the past I I definitely felt like they had to be separate yeah one one thing that you that just popped in my mind which is totally worth saying is that our sex life has gone through the roof. It absolutely has. Since Maya. Yes. Uh, I mean, it has uh, it, it has exploded in awesomeness f- 
figuratively and Did literally um, since Maya for a number of reasons. But just the fact that it has proves that it is possible, that you don't have to, um, your, your sex drive doesn't have to be numbed. Your frequency doesn't have to be dialed down. Um, it, it is, oh man, it's really cool because it's not necessarily something that I thought would happen. Me neither. Um, but I'm fully embracing it. Yeah. And it's like once we started and, and once you, you, I don't know, I think it was, you, I've experienced you as really embracing your sexual goddess mm. and, and really walking in that. And that that shit turns me on. <laughs> and so you, you know, you can share what you've experienced in me, but we've, we're both feeding each other and have been feeding one another in, in these incredible ways. And so what the result is, is that we had, I think, a, a incredibly beautiful, um, fulfilling sex life before we got pregnant, during pregnancy. Um, and, since Maya, I didn't know that you could ratchet that up, and it has been it has been turned up. Yeah. So. Uh, and it didn't get there overnight. You no. Know, like so, we we were just kind of talking about the process, and um, you asked or you mentioned how I've experienced you from those first days, those first instances of you know just sitting there and breathing and moving through it. You have been so incredibly patient. And loving, and I don't mean patient in the sense of like like waiting, like tapping your foot. Like I haven't experienced you patient in that sense, like waiting around. It's just patience in the way of creating a space for me to feel totally comfortable, for me to move through my process, for us to move through our process. Uh, if that was like one thing, I would want to impress upon partners as they as they support their their wives, their their women in the postpartum healing and then connecting sexually is to be patient. Yeah. Um, so here's, and, and here's some of the context that I had in my mind. Um, I totally believe that when you heal, it comes back and benefits our whole relationship and right. ends up coming back to me. Uh, when you feel confident and sexy and badass and like you are in that sexual goddess bliss that you've experienced, when you feel that way, it those ripples impact me in a huge way. You want to give more. You want to love on me more. You want to to be an amazing wife and an amazing mom even more. Mm -hmm. So by me having patience and me helping you to heal and you to just feel amazing, you get powered up and then that comes back to me. Yeah. That was a huge context that I held since the beginning. You know, even even before. Um, before having Maya, it's just this idea of, of the healing and the benefit um, that we all experience through either of us healing. So if that meant for me, um, if that meant loving on you and giving to you, if that meant uh, being very patient during our first two, three, four, five, ten lovemaking sessions, then that was fine because, you know, I'm, I'm in it for the long haul with you. Mm. And, and there's plenty of other ways you can love on me that are completely satisfying to me physically and um like your head game is awesome high five <laughs> to that yeah boom so that <laughs> it's it's just that that context and um both people adjusting uh, but then both of us i think had you know getting back into lovemaking as one of our goals mm -hmm. and um we were we were committed to it so let me ask you this i'm curious about your experience and process of those first couple of weeks. I mean, you just shared, I mean, you're, you're basically, you're amazing. But did you have any of like those thoughts of like, this is, when is this going to be? You know, is, I, I know you were loving and understanding. I totally get that. But did you have any of those moments or like, did you have like urges or desires that you felt like weren't being answered? Because I'm sure for a lot of dudes going into that stage of like becoming a new dad, being sleep deprived, having this, you know, a woman who's healing, like, it's probably frustrating at one moment or another. Yeah. Um, so, yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, I had moments of just intense, just feeling horny mm -hmm. and, and wanting you. Mm -hmm. um, 
I had uh, moments of thinking, okay, how long until we're able to make love again? And then how long until we could get back into some more vigorous lovemaking? Mm-hmm. Like, like, damn, this might take a long ass time for mm-hmm. until I can really get up in there. Right. Um, I, I had moments of um, not always wanting to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that. And at, at, you know, when, like when we would start engaging, feeling like putting, having, needing to put myself in the mode of giving and not expecting to receive, mm-hmm. um, and thinking to myself, okay, well, Sarah, you know, she's giving so much to, to, to Maya and to, and, and, and to the family. So, like, I had those moments of, um, of, just you know, wanting literally to just be treated like a king, mm. just to not have to do anything, mm-hmm. and just to sit down and you come over and you just jump right on me and lay it on you lay it on me and and then afterwards you kind of high five me and then i can do my thing like i just yeah (laughs) and so um and and, you know you know this about me i don't know if we've shared this before but uh in the past turning to to porn and that ending turning in for me to being a a real struggle and something that i realized i had a, a very um unhealthy disempowering relationship towards like and millions of other men, I'm sure. Yeah, and so in in certain moments of just feeling um, sexually scarce, mm. meaning like I don't have I don't have you to give to me. Like, what am I gonna do? Uh, the attra- like the the appeal of porn would come back, and the gotcha. idea of okay, well maybe I can you know look or watch and i know for me that that's not something that is healthy at all for me to re-engage with and i i battle and i still sometimes battle those those uh those pulls mm-hmm. that you know going online and and just watching a video and like that type of thing um i i still work on that from time to time so it definitely came up in those weeks um and months after after maya came um because our our Rhythm did get thrown, mm-hmm. yes. you know, and what I was used to got thrown. Um, but I'm very, very happy that you and I, from the, from early on in our relationship, um, started to be more confident in in bold and asking for what we wanted. Yes, we started to to be more attentive to one another and to give to one another without necessarily have the other person ask. So ask. So like what that looks like is sp- you just spontaneously jump me, throw my pants down and get to work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, okay. I'm in the middle of cooking <laughs> dinner, but okay, great. Like th- we had been working on these these things, planting seeds in our intimacy and just working on growing our connection and how we give and how we receive mm. so that I felt comfortable at a certain point asking you yeah. and letting you know like I would love it if once a week you could go down on me and and you know during the the times when i'm going down on you like just being able to ask and express myself um that for me takes a lot of the uh releases a lot of the pressure that i'm feeling Mm. and so what i mean by that if if um the week starts out and i'm feeling like i'm feeling really horny but nothing happens and we go into Tuesday or Wednesday, and um, I might uh, do some healing on you, and I'm still feeling like I really want to receive, but you know it hasn't happened yet. By me, let's say on Thursday or Friday, I'm feeling it again. If I communicate that to you, it it it's almost like you have an overinflated tire, and you just sort of hit the valve and you let some of the air out. It's just like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it's I know that simply sharing what I how I'm feeling or sharing what I'm desiring that in and of itself is not going to make those feelings go away, but it really does help for me at least to, to get it out. Yeah. Get it off my mind, off, off my consciousness to express it. And then you can hear it, listen to it, process it and respond however you want. And your response might be to, you know, surprise me with some head later on that night or uh, whatever it is, whatever it is. Um, communicating yeah. was big for me. So if I was to kind of put some bullet points together, um, yes, I absolutely felt uh, the 
the strains of you know our rhythm getting getting thrown off um, communicating to you helped letting you know when I wanted to 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 receive helped um, putting in the reps beforehand you know you and I talking beforehand and you and I being more bold um, definitely helped and also for me understanding what was not going to serve me in the long run. Mm. And for me, that was porn. Mm -hmm. I just knew that porn was not going to help me in the long run. It was just going to fuel this, uh, this, this escape for me. And uh, that was not going to help me in more intimately and more quickly connect intimately with you. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Yeah, one thing that you brought up that I really like is the the communication and the expression. Yeah. Especially in postpartum life, I feel like it creates this really great opportunity to practice all of that. And, you know, I'm speaking from my point of view and as the woman, you know, I hear constantly from women after having kids, they just have this new sense of confidence and boldness about them as it relates to mostly their kids. You know, it's going to be like being an advocate and a voice for their kids. That can also trickle into every other aspect of your life if you let it, if you open up that that possibility, if you open up those floodgates. And so for me, I've been very intentional and very blessed that it's moved into sexual healing. And so voicing, you know, like what you just said, saying what you want to experience, the other side of that coin is hearing what someone else wants to experience. Yeah. So it's one thing to say what you want, but to then hear what someone else wants and being okay with that or processing that in a way that says, great, I can... I can do that for you or I can give that to you or mm, let's look at anyway. Cause for me in the past in, in sexual experiences, hearing someone say what they wanted or anything that started with do X, Y, Z do this to me felt like an order and a demand. And that's like, fuck no. Like what, what do you think this is? Like, you don't just get to like, like order me around. Yeah. But shifting that context into, you know, the way now we express for one another, what we want to, experience or what we want to happen you know I'm a lot more open to receive feedback as well as give it and um, the other piece too is is expression and in birth for me to have the most you know magical birth experience for me I had to let go of a lot of shit I had to let go of the fact that I was naked sprawled out for everyone to see every part you know we had a very large birth team so there were no there was no hiding anything there and then also the noises I made. I really had no idea what that would look like or be like. You know, I had watched videos and thought like, oh my God, these poor women, like help them. <laughs> but I made a lot of noises like that and noises I didn't even know like were in me. And since then, that's that's transferred over into sex. And I've made all kinds of sounds and noises that I yeah. did not make before. Or, you know, to your point about the porn and the programming, noises that don't don't fall under my category for like typical sex sounds yeah it doesn't so if it's not this like moany porny kind of sound then that means it's like weird or gross or like animalistic or sometimes maybe even sounds like pain you know like some of the sounds from like labor sound sexual when that's content can tend to be like maybe a painful experience same for sex like it may be a pleasurable thing but sounds maybe painful that sort of stuff really freaked me out um, in the past, but now just kind of after roaring, you know, roaring Maya into the world, it's like, hey, whatever's going to come up is going to come up and we're going to be cool with it. And that's, again, where it has a it's it's amazing to have a partner who is 
creates the safe space for that and isn't wigged out by that and yeah you know supports you in that like hell yeah do more of whatever that sound was like whatever <laughs> oh yeah i love it I, <laughs> because I, I i think when you're getting into like those primal sounds i'm like oh yeah i'm you're tapping into something i'm 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 hitting one of your buttons and i'm like okay more let's do more yeah, man, just not being afraid of that and, and embracing that and and how my body has changed. I think it's amazing. I love Let's talk about that. I love my body and how it's changed. And my vagina, my vagina is totally different. I mean, just from the outside, it looks totally every everything is different. Literally, I feel like every fiber, like every part of my body has been like reconnected in a new way. And it's it's awesome. So now we are five and a half months. Yes. Post Maya. We are, what, three months post um, starting sex again. Okay. So we've Sounds had, about right. We've had three-ish months to kind of get through any sort of feelings or thoughts or fears or uh, discomfort, any of mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, and we're having the the most amazing sex that we've ever had in our relationship this is true yeah um i don't know why i need to say that but i w- i do want i did want to describe how i've experienced your vagina change Ooh. yeah because it has totally changed and that's a f- like i mean obviously it makes sense that you would notice some changes but i'm just curious to hear like what so the first the first change that i um noticed was let me think. So your lips are different. Right. They are a little bit, they're more full. Hmm. Okay. Lips are more full. And um, both the outer and the inner lips are more, more full. Um, I'd say that you're, we're about to get, we're about to get graphic. <laughs> you cool with that? Okay. Well, I know you're cool with that. Yeah, let's do it. I think your, your clit is more exposed. Okay. So it's just like out there more. Yeah. So, you know, in order to get to the to There's the pearl, hood, yeah, in order to get to the pearl, you kind of have to move a little bit of of, of skin back. OK, skin. Move, hood. Let's just call move it the hood, move okay. the hood back. But um, post baby, it's like it's out there. Like hmm. y- your pearl is like, hey, I'm hanging out right here, Cool. which is really awesome, <laughs> um, which is awesome for me because I, I love going down on you. And and so. You know, and I I have had a lot of experience going down on you before Maya, so it was very it was very um, quick that I noticed some subtle changes. Mm, okay. So that anatomy, and it isn't like it's not like you grew an extra thing down there, right? Like it's just things because of the nature of of a human passing through you. Yeah. Things had to widen. Things had to kind of move, and and um, on your vagina, things just shifted a little bit. The the big shift and the one that I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is this blows my mind, were your pubic bones. Okay, so like my pelvic floor and all of that area. Uh, the area about. I wish you were naked right now so I could see. <laughs> the area of. Like the mound. About three inches above your clitoris. Okay. Okay. Like that bone, I call it yeah, the pubic bone. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what it is. I think that's it. Is what it is. Okay. Yeah. It. It is more pronounced. Okay. And so so if you were laying on your back and I was taking my hand and I was going from your belly button down towards your vagina, I would I would feel I would feel like your abs and there would be no bone or anything in there. Right. And then almost abruptly your pubic bone, it's almost like like there's an earthquake and a piece of land got raised up a little bit <laughs> yeah it, no it, it's it's really cool like your Very pubic pronounced yeah your pubic bone is more pronounced okay and so if i was to just slide my hand down your body and you know move over your belly button and get down near your vagina all of a sudden there's there's okay. the pubic bone that raises up a little bit and then right before your clit it just drops off like a cliff hmm. it was such it was one of the most amazing things that the first time i noticed it and i was like wow this is different you know, and I don't necessarily remember what it was like before. Now that I'm thinking about it, it may have just been a little bit more kind of pushed down tilted or the other way. I'm like trying the to give way. myself an anatomy <clears throat> check right now. I'm like feeling around. But it makes total sense because <laughs> yeah, it your your bones literally are Shift. are shifting. 
slowly over time they're mm-hmm. shifting mm-hmm. to to allow maya to pass through mm-hmm. so when they shifted they settled in slightly different places mm-hmm. and man like that sort of stuff blows my mind mm-hmm. uh, there's so many things about about birth that i just i'm in awe of the process i'm in awe that your body does all of it automatically and it it just blows my mind that you are so perfectly designed like mm. women are damn mm-hmm. i can't i can't hold the candle to you and so this was just another example of like holy shit your body literally transformed you're a freaking real life transformer yeah yeah <laughs> like that shit is crazy to me so uh that was cool i noticed those two things your bones and the kind of the anatomy around your vagina and clitoris how that shifted a little bit yeah since Maya it's funny too like you're talking about the amazing body like I just had this fear in my mind you know after giving birth that like uh, maybe I'd rip again you know or like like or tear or something or that like my in, body and you tear for baby number two from or sex, sex. Ah, yeah okay. like okay. that I wouldn't be able to have rigorous sex that I wouldn't be able to do certain positions like I definitely had that thought in my mind and now like where we sit and everything we've been experiencing over the past couple of weeks like it just kind of like boggles me boggles shattered all those. yeah like totally shattered um so much goes into that so much goes into be able being able to like shatter those disbeliefs oh yeah um you know trust with your partner trust in yourself affirmation love surrender surrender to the process and I think we talked about this in pregnant sex you know sitting with sensations that maybe sometimes aren't strictly 100% pleasure yeah. and being sitting okay in a little bit that. I mean that was, that was the first five six times we had sex was just yeah. sitting in that discomfort so as opposed to running from it because right. you could have gone the opposite direction and said no 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 no, no. this doesn't feel great stop right and which was my old paradigm, my old way of and, handling and it. And if that was the case, we may not even be having sex now. No. Like, it might just be a finger. Right. Because of, of whatever was shut down by holding on to that belief as opposed to saying, okay, this feels uncomfortable, but I'm just going to sit here. Mm-hmm. And trust that I'm not going to push you exactly into anything that truly truly is painful or damaging or any of that stuff. right that's the huge thing so those first couple of times you know understanding that it was going to take sitting through some of that discomfort really helped me and like coached me almost in a way like helped me train you know to to then be in sexual experiences that we're having now and just like being open to going to that next level or going to that next threshold or you know, and not not categorizing the experience as like a sexually disempowering experience or just because it's not, like I said earlier, like 100% pleasure 100% of the time, like it's okay. And that doesn't mean like I'm being, I'm being dominated or I'm being forced into something I don't want to do. Like those were, you know, huge fears and, and, and things of mine, hangups around sex was, was feeling pressured or feeling dominated oh, or yeah. feeling, you know, like if it was painful, then I processed that as being harmed like like something was being done to me rather than just like a sensation to move through and um you're you're awesome i mean to help me move through through all that like it's healing like that's where the healing is and it's like yeah so you know i get it i get why so many women want to shut this down and then just run away from it but like that's where the power is to be had like that's where it's kind of like when you're giving birth and that ring of fire you know like the midwives were telling me like when it feels like you it is like the heightened of the sensation that's when you push more so it's like kind of similar to that like when you think like that's where you're capped no there's actually way more on the other side of where you where you think you've you know, where you've limited yourself. Yeah, I think for me, one of the big things that I did was I constantly checked in with you. Yes, and that's huge. Just yeah. like, hey, how are you feeling? And, and you know, it, that can get a little, I, th- I think you can almost do that too much. Like in my mind, yeah. I'm thinking of like, I, I stroke once, are you okay? Yeah. And then stroke, are you okay? Well, it's a two-way. <laughs> it's like, you know, you check in, but then I also express, you know, and that's something I didn't used to do before. If I was uncomfortable with something, I would just let it happen, and then later I would categorize it as like, you know, yeah. I had become a victim to something. But it's, you know, it's that expression. Um, yeah, so from the very first time we had sex, just checking in, and 
one of the most amazing um, consequences of me enjoying going down on you, this is for, for fellows and partners, <laughs> is that I really learned to, to listen to your body. Mm. And I knew that if I just did this little flick with my tongue, your body responds in that way. Or if I did a circle over here, your body responds in a different way. Right, like an instrument. Just like an instrument. <laughs> so I became very, very um, attuned to how your body responds to different things that I was doing. And that translated when we started having sex again. Mm -hmm. I knew that if I kind of went this way, your, your body, I would listen. Because like, I, I was relearning it again. So I kind of had that, that muscle um, of, of let's, let's, re, let's learn what happens in these different positions. Mm -hmm. And so that really helped me to for, you know, combine that with checking in. Mm -hmm. So I check in with you, how are you feeling? And you, you would tell me, and then I would be very attentive if, if I move this way, if I go a little deeper, if I pull out a little bit, what do you what you do? And then understanding how you express pleasure and how you express discomfort. Mm -hmm. like that all of those things really, I think, helped us to um, I don't really even know if we quickly got back into sex, mm -hmm. but helped us to get uh, back into sex and then from there really catapult into this this new this new arena of just how we express physically how you express verbally the the positions that we're doing the i mean this is charging me up bow, bow. yeah something's gonna happen after this episode <laughs> like all of these things to the point where right now we're having the best sex of our relationship yeah and it's totally not going anywhere and so that that shit is magical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So what are some things that we can leave people with or like takeaways, resources? What are some cool. things that we could share? We have an awesome resource. I want to share that at the end. Uh, from me as, as a, your partner, patience, understanding that healing is happening. Healing is happening physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And that as your partner, I, I am a huge component of your healing. I can be. Um, so patience, having the context of healing, communicating, you know, that checking in with you while we're, while we're physically in the act, but also communicating to you how I'm feeling and what my desires are. Um, and not doing it in a way like, you don't do this anymore, you don't do that. Not that shit. Not, mm -hmm. that, not that sort of immature blaming but saying, hey, I'm, I've been feeling this recently mm -hmm. and I would love to experience this. Um, I would say, what is it? So healing, communicating, patience, <laughs> gratitude. Mm. <laughs> Just being so grateful to, to you for what you are doing, how you brought Maya into this world naturally and beautifully how you've been loving on your body through your pregnancy afterwards, um, how you mother our child, being incredibly grateful helps to, to build this desire in me to want to love on you, to want to please you, to want to serve you. That all stems from gratitude. Mm. Um, and I think uh, being honest with yourself that it, 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 that things are, are, are different. You know, don't, don't bullshit yourself to think that's going to be exactly the same. But different can be awesome. Mm. Our sex life is different. Yes. But holy shit, it is, it is just more dynamic, more connected, more intimate. So different can be awesome. Mm -hmm. mm. That's great. Um, I don't know how I follow that. I guess I would say one of the biggest things is um, looking at is sexual, sexual intimacy and in our experiences as opportunities to really connect with myself. Yes, I'm connecting with you and, you know, we're creating this joint space for healing and for love and, and growth. Um, one of the, the biggest things I've learned over the, the past couple of years being with you is I create the orgasm within me. You know, like I don't need a man to give me an orgasm and I don't mean that in the sense that I can just do it myself or use a vibrator or whatever, which I've done, but I mean that like the energy, like it's within me 
you know, we talk to these home birth moms yeah. and we do these interviews and like a lot of what comes down to it at the end of the day, their advice or their their greatest resource is themselves. Oh, and yeah. That's because it's all within us. And so I think if you are, you know, especially these home birth moms, like you have it in you, like because you've you've done it, you've been it, you've witnessed it, you've ushered it into the world. And so now as it relates to opportunities to to catapult sexually it's like it's all within you um so that's been huge that's been huge to 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 be aware of that and um you know the the healing absolutely as you mentioned and just like full expression and fearlessness around that expression has been has been huge for me and just just being bold and surrendered you know um surrendering to to you to you as my king you know we talk about you know being each other's king and queen i i love that i love yeah, me too. that um just trust and surrender just like in the birthing process like trust and surrender in in the sexual intimacy and in the act that makes the babies just as the one that you help bring the babies in it's like you know and like trust and surrender for me is like empowering i don't ever feel like i'm I'm subservient or anything like that. Like I feel empowered. And then when I'm empowered, I can sit on my throne as we like to say, my queen throne. And I can just be who I am. I can be the mother, the wife, the woman entrepreneur that I am effortlessly because I know that I'm secure in in myself and who I'm being. I'm secure in you and who you're being for me. And yes, all of that is possible from sex. All of that. Yes, it is. And that's amazing. So mm, you're awesome. You're awesome. Um, we did want to leave you all with a resource, something that uh, that we got into. I, I don't know if it was before my. Uh, anyway, yeah. it's called Oming, yes. orgasmic meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty damn awesome. Yes. We're gonna put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Uh, I have the website open right now, so I'm gonna read just a sentence description on what Oming is because they can. They can describe it better than I can. Um, Orgasmic meditation is a practice that combines the power and attention of meditation with the deeply human, deeply felt, and connected experience of orgasm. Mm. So in the practice of orgasmic meditation, um, Sarah would be laying down. uh, She would be, you know, she'd have her bottoms off. And me, her partner, I would be stroking her clitoris very lightly, very, very lightly, for 15 minutes with the finger with the index with, finger with the index finger and it's it, it is it's very interesting the first time you hear what it is to then sit in the experience and, and experience it for yourself mm. um, because you know just hearing me describe it I imagine you have all sorts of images and scenes popping into your head um, but then experiencing oming is something very different. So we we turn to oming before Maya. Yes. And um, as a way to connect mm-hmm. with ourselves, and by connecting and enhancing our connection with ourselves, we're then able to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, or- orgasmic meditation really allows you to to explore some of those things that are very deep, some of those thoughts, those beliefs, um, those responses that can be triggered that come up that uh, you can heal. Mm-hmm. It's a very healing practice. It's a very intimate practice. Um, it's awesome. So we were doing that before Maya. And then uh, during the period where we weren't having sex because you were still physically healing, right. um, oming was something that we turned to as a way to connect with one another, yes. as a way to be intimate with one another, um, as a way to experience orgasm. However, orgasm is not the point of our oming practice. So we didn't, you know, you and I don't ohm for you to have an orgasm. Right, that's not the... It can happen yeah. as, a, as, a, as a byproduct of the stimulation. Right. Uh, but it's really about connecting, building that intimacy, um, deepening your, your, your love for your partner and the person you're oming with. So that was an awesome resource that we had yes um and it's and 15 minutes so yeah it's 15 minutes you can, you can do it at the end of the day while baby's napping do, whatever. A nap, whatever and so uh we're, we'll put a link to the website the website has a ton of stuff videos explanations mm-hmm. shows you how to do it also it's been on the today show so it's yeah very legit. yeah this is a very so, legit thing <laughs> yeah on their website they've got 
you know, featured in New York Times, Inc. Magazine, Cosmopolitan, Today Show, Atlantic, Marie Claire, Time, and Goop. Never heard of Goop. Goop is um, Paltrow, her thing. What's that? Oh, yeah. I think. I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool. Anyway, yes, we'll Uh, include links to this. Check it out. It's a cool resource. And um, what else? I mean, how do you want to wrap this up? Go do it. Yeah. <laughs> just do it. Go, just do it. Just go turn this off and go do it. Um, I, I would love to hear from, from other women and families who are, who are bold enough or, or feel um, called to, to share some of their experience, either in pregnant sex or postpartum sex, you know, how it's related to healing, some of the challenges, some of the triumphs. I'd, I'd love to hear that. I'm yeah. always um, so grateful and um, empowered and, and, and energized by the feedback that we get from listeners. So if any of this has sparked something for you, inspired something for you, we'd love to hear about that. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Shoot us an email. Hello at diahpodcast.com. And um, let us know. Let us know what came up for you during this episode. Uh, the empowering and loving stuff and the not so empowering stuff. Um, also, what else? How else can people connect with us? Instagram? Instagram at D-I-A-H podcast. Cool. Uh, again, you can find the show on iTunes and on Stitcher. Um, you can also find episodes, every single episode. All the notes from this episode will be at our website. Yes. That's um, and the link. D-I-A-H podcast dot com. And um, reviews. Let's talk about reviews just for one quick second. If you've gotten something from this podcast at all, if anything that we've said resonated with you, we would love for you to share the love and show the love through reviewing us on iTunes. Um, it helps other moms like you, other families, um, to find our podcast and to to kind of empower themselves to do it at home or just to learn about their options. So yes. leave us a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. We'd appreciate it. And share your home birth stories. Yeah. If you have any and you want to share about your home birth experience, your process of selecting home birth, whatever. Email Whenever, us. email us, yes, at cool. hello at diahpodcast.com. Yeah, and on the website, you, you'll see we have all of our episodes up there, and then we have a section of just the home birth stories. So if that's really what you're interested in, you can go on the website, click on the navigation for home birth stories, and you'll see all of them. And we're just, we've got so many lined up, so many interviews um, through the next few months, and we have a backlog of episodes that we're publishing. So there are many, many more home birth stories to come. And uh, you can check it all out. Yes. Cool. We complete? Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, this is this is happening. <laughs> we got to go, guys. Mine is still napping. <laughs> okay, bye. I was going to bring up your part in our interview and how I couldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. I'll just. I'll, I'm fine. I'm cool. Cool. Okay. Kick it off whenever you want. Wow. So we've just been going this whole time. Okay. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Come on, baby. It's podcast time. The baby's fine. Okay. You, you ruined it. No, I didn't. <laughs> She's cool. Okay. Okay. <coughs> <coughs> Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.